What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Hey, B! Hey, B! All right, this is, this is, the, uh, this is the show. This is the podcast that, that will hold your final official... Super Bowl predictions in it, so uh, get ready. Prepare your mind, your soul. The NFC Championship game, guy. NFC Championship game. Podcast. At, Le- at Levi's Ethan Strauss Stadium. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah, I know. Paul Ru- what did Paul Rudd say? Not me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't see it either. Coming. That's kind of crazy. Wait, what I mean, Paul honestly, Rudd quote is that? Well, just the, the gif that came oh, the, out. The like, thing who that thought your, we'd be here? Not yeah, yeah. me. You know, just, is that from his Netflix show? I, I don't know. I just I just know that. For, I, think I have no clue where it's from. Have it you ever led, seen like... It led your athletic story on Thursday. Well, just because I do love the gif. It is good. There, are, I read an article like within the last six months that broke down like where all the famous gifs are from. And you read it like, God, I didn't realize it was from that movie or that movie that, you know, the ones that are pretty consistent yeah. of a couple guys faces and stuff just over the years that everyone uses. That's one that I think just fits perfectly. I wouldn't just say the Niners. Wouldn't you say that at the beginning of the season, week one going into, if this and you and me were recording going into week one, as we did, I would have said, you know what guy, the NFC Championship is going to be Niners hosting the Packers. Just because also, like, Matt LaFleur is going to lead right. the Packers. And they, they were in shambles. And the Niners, we thought, like, might be a fringe wild card team. Like, this was the year. And now they're fucking there. And they're both a combined 28-6. and six. <laughs> That's the thing. It's not like, you know, one team's a 9-7 and seven wild card that made a run, kind of like uh, the Titans. These teams are a combined 28-6. and six. Like, that's... That's a pretty powerful record-wise, just historically in a championship game. Usually, you have the one seed makes it, but you have a lot of times like a ten and six team makes it or whatever, right? It's not yeah. abnormal. I, and to your point, Packers people would have said the same thing. Like, what? Really? We're thirteen and three, and in the NFC Championship game. And you, I mean, the brands feel right. I just think the given the circumstances of coming into the year, 
it, it feels a little. I mean, it feels normal now because we've like lived the season. But man, it's still kind of crazy when you think about like the NFC Championship is happening and the Niners, and it's just like people are kind of like, yeah, we're here. It just shows you the fan base, a little like the Yankees deep down, like fuck yeah, when we're good, we believe. And the, I think the Packers are like that too. Clearly, I mean they've had they've had a lot more success consistently over the last twenty years than the Niners. Yeah, fuck yeah, we're the, yeah, as Mike McCarthy once said, we're the Green Bay Packers, <laughs> we're the Dallas Cowboys. This podcast is brought to you by Ashford University, Ashford.edu/ham. Make this the year you advance your career by earning your master's degree, and you do it at Ashford.edu/ham. Guy, Ashford.edu slash ham is uh, convenient and flexible. I have a I have a master's degree where I, I'm trying to pressure Haberman on to go back. I think Ashford would be a good opportunity for you. Uh, Ashford University online master's degrees program allow you to learn at your own pace. No GRE or GMAT. Think about that guy. You deal. don't even have to take one of those standardized tests. Uh, one course at a time. I, we, we know everyone's busy bees out there. And a six-week-long courses. I, I like that. That's short-lived. Allow you to take one course at a time. Being enrolled in one class in Ashford means you are considered a full-time student. I mean, you're like Matt Leinert's senior year. I like it. Accreditation. Ashford University is fully accredited uh, by the Senior College and University Commission. So it's legit. And you'll have an MBA. And I know a lot of like corporations give you a little pay bump. You, you get a, you get a, uh, an MBA. How about that? Also, they offer up to 90 transfer credits if you started somewhere else and didn't finish. Get ready to grab new opportunities. Start your master's degree today. Enroll at ashford.edu slash ham. That's ashford.edu slash ham. Start your master's degree today. Ashford.edu slash ham. Podcast also brought to you by DraftKings. Whoop, whoop. Download the app. Use the code ham. You can get a deposit of up to 500 bucks on your next deposit. And when you use code ham during sunup, you'll also get a free shot at over $750,000 with your first deposit. Yeah, it's hard to beat, guy. Download the DraftKings app. Nothing adds to the sweat like watching a game when you get when you get a little action. You got potentially to win $750,000. Plus, for a limited time, new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. That's some extra cash to play with throughout the playoffs. Download the DraftKings app now. Use the promo code HAM. Promo code HAM. For a limited time, both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. Uh, new users, be sure to enter the promo code HAM. That's the key. Enter the promo code HAM during the sign-up, and you also get a free shot at over $750,000, guy, with your first deposit. That's code HAM. Uh, deposit bonus up to $500. Uh, minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25-time playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right. Here it is. It's here, guy. Um, I think the 49ers win the game, John. I think the 49ers... What is it, seven points right now? I, I feel about this game similar to the Vikings game. Obviously, I would say, uh, do I have more appropriate fear? I'm asking myself this question because I just thought of it than I did going into the Vikings game. Um, I kind of do. Just the Aaron Rodgers, you have to have a little more appropriate fear. Um, so, yes, the short answer is yes, I do have a little more appropriate fear for this game. I do think the Niners win. I'm going to agree with you. The line is now seven and a half. I'm not going to gamble on the game because I don't like gambling on a game that I have to talk about. It, it can make you angry if you lose. <laughs> it make you really happy if you win. But to me, that, that that half point, just I have enough appropriate fear. When you just listen to coaches, and I don't think they're bullshitting, 
that like you can't put that much stock into the first game and just rewatching it yesterday. I mean, the game was over. I didn't even watch the fourth quarter. You don't have to. But the game was kind of over early on. Just they had this buffer lead. Aaron Rodgers fumbled. Kind of some weird shit happened. Now the Niners create weird shit because they get pressure. And if you remember, Balaga got hurt early in that game and had to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had told me I had kind of forgotten about this. Remember, Devontae got hurt against the Eagles when he had like through two quarters. Yeah, he was 10 catches, 200 yards. It looked like he was going to fucking shatter records. Hurts his toe, and that was the first game back. I don't know. I mean, people have been – I've been seeing a lot of Devontae Adams I have been seeing route that. running uh, on my timeline. A lot of Jerry he, Rice is out there on the internet. Yeah, he, he looks pretty sweet. But I, I, I expect this game to be a little closer. But, like, think about last week. The Niners kicked the shit out of the Vikings and won 27-10. to 10. And I think the Packers are better. They kicked the shit out of the Vikings. So you go, maybe it's like 27-21 to 21 or something like that. Uh, just because I'm going to respect Rodgers. And I'm with you, though. I don't think they're as good. I, I think for... The only way for the Packers to win, like I just think if they both play, typically you don't play an A game, right? You play like, of if you play 20 games on the season, you're A game, like a pitcher. He's got his A stuff, right? 10% of the time. Majority of the time, good pitchers know how to work with like B and C stuff. But if they both play B to B plus games. Fastball. Uh, I'm going, <laughs> curveball. I would say that if they both play B-plus games, the Niners are 10-plus points better. Uh, now, if the Niners play like a C-minus game, and when I say C-minus, I mean Jimmy throws a pick, Breda has a fumble, and Rod, and they blow a coverage. Weird shit. Can, like, that's the type of weird stuff. And we've seen it before. Now, the Niners have had weird things happen to them, and they've been so good You'd say consistently kind of the best team in the league all season. Even like once you saw Baltimore lose, you're like, you know, they work a little flawed because they were super dependent on the running game. The Niners have proven they are not dependent on the running game. Like they they had a they had a game where Jimmy threw not one of those 150 yard five touchdown games, one of those 350 yard five touchdown games against fucking Drew Brees when he was like they both played their A games. So I, I'm with you. I'm going. I would take the Packers and the points if I was gambling. But if you're a Niner guy, I would just I would not gamble and just fucking enjoy your team winning. And it's crazy to say this, going to the Super Bowl. But when I say that, it's like that's a little too – I feel a little too confident Just they're just going to go to the Super Bowl. Like think about that. They're just going to go to the Super well, Bowl. Well, you know, I was thinking about this. I think – I bet if we look back at the teams that had like dynasties that were really great, I bet a lot of them – this is a theory without much research. Best kind of theory. But I would guess that often what happens is a team is air quotes early. And then it turns out they weren't early. They were just better than we thought they were going to be quicker. Um, because like, the I Patri- would, like the Patriots in 01 or something. I'm not saying the Niners and the Patriots, but it just proved yeah. like they were pretty fucking good. Yeah, I just think sometimes it's hard to imagine the thing that hasn't happened yet. Even though, like you said, these two franchises are historic and you're used to seeing the Packers logo and you know, all that stuff. But Well, in the 90s, how many times did they play? Three or four times in the playoffs. I, I think the thing that you just have to – the thing that I keep going back to when I think about – what I try to make my last thought when I think about these games, like who do I think is going to win this game, as it relates to the Niners this year, has been – let's just – I just try to think about the games they've played this year. And I think about this, both Seahawks games. I think about uh, the Baltimore game, and I think about the New Orleans game. And I go – 
Those are four games. I think about the Rams games too, honestly, right? Because I think the Rams are a solid team. Yeah. You you could argue there that, are so are the, many games. Are the Rams that, better than the Vikings? You know, if they play ten times, the Rams win six or seven, probably. You know, I mean that to me they're about equivalents. Yeah. At worst it's five hundred on the Ram from the Rams perspective. I think you're right. I, I just I think there are so many games this year with this team that if you just like if we did what you if everyone listening did what you just did right, you go back and watch the last time they played. If you just went back and said, Here's here's a six game catalog, just go watch these six games from the night that the Niners played. I think you'd be hard pressed if you took their best six games and the Packers' best six games to think that the Niners aren't going to win the football game. Like, they're and by the way, they're the Packers' bad games are worse, and the 49ers' good games are better. It so happens that one of the Packers' worst games came against the Niners, but whatever. I that's where the Niners are really good, so I don't hold that one against the Packers so much, and I do kind of throw it out like you do. I just think it's easy to see them going to the Super Bowl when you just look at all the great games they've played this year, all the big-time games they've played, the adverse, the weather, some days you got to run, some days you throw, sometimes it's your offense, sometimes it's your defense. I mean, all that shit, you just stack it up and you go, it's, they should win the football game, John. The 49ers should win the football game. The line reflects it appropriately. It is an upset if they don't win this game. Wouldn't you say, when you think about the San Francisco 49ers, I think if you just ask the casual fan, the first thing they think about, whether this is fair or not, is that they have this super bright, like, Kyle Shanahan. Like, he just, I think the if you just said to a football fan, I'm like, God, they got that badass offensive play caller. When the irony is, and this is where I think maybe I'm even underselling the Niners, their defense, and when you have... On a given year, the top defense in the league. I, I just went to ESPN.com. Mm, good site. They, that's actually, oh, this is the regular season. Uh, no, it's the, they have the number one defense in the league. Well, this is only the playoff teams. This fucking. Well, here, I'll, while you're looking for what you want, I'll give you a defensive stat. Last well, week I, against I, the Vikings. Oh, you got it? Okay. I, I, no, I mean, it's just, it's just only giving me the playoff teams left. I, I just want to know that their, their points, where they stacked up on this season for points allowed per game. You know, I, I, they had to be – they were right there with New England. That when you can score, and they can score more than enough. Like, just look last year at the Chicago Bears. Their downfall ultimately was Mitch Trubisky and their offense wasn't good enough. Their defense was Super Bowl caliber. They could have won the Super Bowl if they would have had the Niners defense. The Niners basically have that defense right now. They're kicking the shit out of everybody. Dalvin Cook, who I think everyone that watches football would go, God damn, Dalvin Cook is good. They destroyed fucking Dalvin Cook. They destroyed him. For the most part, uh, Aaron Rodgers. His worst game of his career in terms of yards per attempt at 100 yards throwing, and they demolished him. Like they, they where does they, where do they stack? So because you know how ESPN.com started stopped putting with the ranking number next to teams. Let me count, John. Uh, they're seventh at 19.4 points per game. Kansas City 19.3. Would you say it's a little skewed because the last three or four weeks yeah. when those guys? I here's what here's what I know. Okay, you're right. Stats. Number, people lie, numbers don't, or something. That's an analytical thing. When they have all their guys playing those first eight to nine weeks before D Ford, Quan, Kwaski, they were the best defense in the league. Like statistically, I think the Patriots were slightly better, but their opponents, I think we'd all agree the Niners. 
pressure was way better than those guys, just in terms of their ability to rush the passer. This defense is the best. So if you have an elite defense, you go, well, how good is the offense? Well, it's not like the Chiefs, but it's fucking elite in the sense of they have the best play caller in the league, or, you know, top two or three. And they do have a lot of weapons. They have the best tight end in the league who blocks and runs. They have a dominant running game. They have, like, the one thing I noticed watching the game against the Packers, it's like they had had Emmanuel Sanders maybe for a week or two. It's like, well, they do have, the receivers are no longer, oh, that's kind of their weakness. It's not a great group, but it's pretty good. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders has been a top-flight guy on a Super Bowl team. Debo Samuels is clearly one of the bright, up-and-coming young players at his position. Like, if you had to rank rookie receivers, he's in the, easily in the top five. So you, they're, they're easily good enough. And to me, it just gets back to their coach can scheme shit up. So I, I just I, I think they're a fucking elite team. You know, and I think sometimes it's like, well, this team, you know, the last five years, like, who gives a fuck? It just, it doesn't matter. You just have to think about, and I, I do that sometimes too much. Yeah. Where it's like, this year, the, the it's been established what they are. We know. We've seen it. They've showed us over and over and over and over. And that, to me, their games have been, like, one reason why I think, and we're going to find out rightly or wrongly, or if we're undervaluing the Packers, because their wins don't look like the Niners' wins. Right? No, and their they're, losses are worse. Their losses I mean, are worse, but, but but to me, it's more their their wins. It's like you're struggling to beat the Lions right. with, with like to me struggling to beat the Lions. I, I'm in a total agreement that divisional games get weird. So it's like you could say, well, the, John, the Niners struggle to beat the Cardinals. I agree, but if you would have told me the Niners played the Cardinals week 17 to confirm a one or two seed, I would expect that game to not look like the games that they look like. Right? You'd have been like, well, the, you're going to get the fucking Niners heavyweight shot. And the Packers were down like 17 to 3. And it just showed to me, it just shows you like their high end is not the Niners' high end. And I, I think even Green Bay would acknowledge that. It's just sometimes in these games, you just, for whatever reason, and you hear, you've talked to coaches for years, like, God, I thought we had a great week of practice. And you do. I mean, it's just, it's, everything was perfect. And then you, you lay an egg or you lay an egg in the first half. You know, it's like, God damn, we started slow. It's weird. I thought we were really ready. That, that's that's where I get just a little uneasy. Just what if just something weird happens? Because that well, happens sometimes. A fumble, uh, Kittle gets concussed. I, you know, I, I, you just don't know. You know, and he obviously he missed. He was out of practice on Wednesday with the ankle. But I'm not. I did some I did some digging, and I got a text back from someone that would know that said, "I think he's fine." Yeah. Okay. Good. Which well, is not. But it's not like you know. He's, no. Don't. Wor- no worries. Yeah. Like well, you think he's fine. Well. well <laughs> What? Um, uh, the more I thought about this game after we talked about it last time, about you know how great it would be for Aaron Rodgers and all that stuff holds up. But I think if the 49ers lose this game, uh, I, think it, I think it'll be more about – I think it's likely that it's more about mistakes that Garoppolo makes as much as it is also about plays that Rodgers makes. Right, like I don't think Rodgers making a ton of plays as long as the Niners' offense doesn't make mistakes and makes the plays they make, which is still some explosives. I don't think that's good enough for the Packers to win. I think Rodgers has to make those crazy plays off of opportunities the 49ers give him. And so I think if we're sitting here Sunday night and the Packers are going to the Super Bowl, it'll be yeah, Rodgers did this and that and this and that. It'll also be how about Blake Martinez pulling that ball down 
after it was underthrown over the middle. You know, I think there will have to be, like you said, a breed of fumble. Like I, the, the Zedarius this strip is sack. in the 49ers. This game is in the 49ers' hands. That's my ultimate takeaway here. I would agree. This is up they, to them. Well, if like if this was a NASCAR race, they would have the pole position, and rightfully so. It's on them to lose it, right? Because this, to me, like when let's say they win this game, the Chiefs win this game, and we talk for two weeks about the Chiefs. We go, well, the Chiefs are going to look like they're the equivalent. Like, they're like, we've been winning for a while. Like, we're fucking good, right? There's no, and the line would reflect it because it would probably be one to pick them. Like, it would just be like, you'd be like, this weird, this is going to be a tough game. I think we'd all acknowledge that. This feels like the Niners are getting in the ring and they are the better fighter. Now, it doesn't mean you can fuck up and catch a right and go down because that's, this is the NFL and they, they've proven like they can win games. I saw Rodgers, he had a classic passive-aggressive comment yesterday. He dropped a, you know, they asked him, why do you think you guys have won, you guys haven't lost since the Niner game? And he's like, you know, some, just some subtle things changed around here. I'm not going to go into it. Just class hmm. like Aaron, oh my God. But he's like, let's just, uh, he's all, I'll go this far. I think we've got, maybe we got a little, our details got better. I think the I think we we shortened up meetings a little bit, like kind of put it on the coaches, like maybe we just simplified stuff a little bit. Regardless, he's right in the sense that whatever they tweaked a little bit after an ass whooping, they have not lost. So at the end of the day, we talk a lot about style points and point differential, and to me, point differential matters. Like if you're a six and ten team and your point differential is really good, you'd be like, well, there might be a little closer than you think. But when you're when you're 13 and 14, I don't give a shit about your point differential. You're winning games. And that's the fucking point of sports. And something the NBA is struggling with right now, they talk about all these dumb stats. It's like, well, you got, Devin Booker's got great stats. He's on a team that's 10 and 25. So it's like, you lose. You get throttled. The future, and the Packers, the, the Packers just win. They, they just, they found a way to win. Now, granted, it was against a lot of shitty teams. Here's a great stat for you, and maybe this I, I have a hard time fully The, the Seattle's that. not a shitty team, and Vikings aren't a shitty team, and they won both those games pretty handily, I thought. Uh, but I think the Niners have just played near, near their ceiling a lot more than the Packers have, and their ceiling's higher. That's what I to take me, away to from me what that, you just yeah, said. To me, to me, that's the key. The Packers' ceiling just isn't as— like, they're not going to blow out someone for a good team 40-10. to 10. How about this snug? In the Vikings game, the Niners forced a three-and-out on six of Minnesota's 11 possessions. That's 54.5% three-and-out percentage. Tied for the highest in a postseason game in the NFL since 2000. Wow. The Bucks did it to the Giants in uh, 08, and the uh, Colts did it to the Chiefs in 07. And both those games, all three of those games, was six three-and-outs at 11 offensive possessions. So when you ask... How many offensive possessions do you get in a playoff game? Everyone well, counts. Well, doing my research on this game, the guy that studied wrote the athletic article and the guy that knows these two teams well. I think we talked about how can the Vikings keep it close? They're going to have to run the ball and not make her cousins carry them. Well, they couldn't run the ball because, you know, Cook had 20 yards rushing. Now you go Cook's better than what Aaron Jones the Packers' offensive line is better than the Vikings' offensive line. And the one thing he alerted me to that I, I you just not something you focus on if you're not like living in the weeds of the league yeah. is Mercedes Lewis, 
God, he's had a sneaky longer career than you realize. Like, he's been in the league like 15-plus years, is a dominant, dominant blocker. He's like, the guy's a fucking beast. And I go, Minnesota doesn't really have that guy, do, do they? And they're like, no. I mean, their two tight ends are Irv Smith Jr. and obviously Kyle Rudolph, who are pass-catching guys. The They have that in Jimmy Graham, but they bring in Mercedes Lewis to kind of act like a third tackle. So that can help them run the football. Because his whole thought is the only the only setup for the Packers to win this game, just look, they check their game logs. Like, they just don't score that many points, is to ugly up this game. Well, to, uh, when you say ugly up a game... In basketball, it means slow down the pace. When football, slowing down the pace means what in in the NFL? Running the ball. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been hard on Matt LaFleur. He actually gave him credit. He's like, I think Matt LaFleur has done a pretty good job. And a huge part of that is, look at their personnel, John. Like, fucking their receivers, aren't. we talked about this all week, aren't that good. And their running backs have been really, really productive. But they have an over 1,000-yard running runner. And I think Jamal Williams almost has 500 yards. So between the two of them, they they have basically like an elite running back, just when you factor in the two guys. Yeah. And he he's like, LaFleur's really good at staying committed to the run. And Rodgers, as the season went on, has bought into it. Like, we have to do this to win games. Where mm-hmm. before, like, he had a little, like, James Harden to him. And I don't blame him. Like, do you blame James Harden for shooting all the time when he can score 45? Like, I would too. But I think Rodgers this year has realized, like, bro, you can have box scores – you want to have a box score of three or four touchdowns and lose? Because we probably will. And you might not even get to the three touchdowns because we don't have the guys to throw it to. Right. Or you can have a box score with zero or one touchdown, and we'll just, we're going to be 13 and four. And you, everyone's going to blow you just because you're Rodgers. So, and he's committed to that, and that's why they're here. Now, can you, well, does that work against the Niners? Because I'd say we've seen all season long, when you've got them a little bit, you've been thrown on, right? They've been thrown on. They have not been run on when they've had their players. Right. So how do you – it's easy to say, hey, stay committed to the run. Well, if we go three and out, three and out, it's human nature. Me on the couch, if I was a Packer fan, I'd be like, LaFleur, throw the ball! Yeah. <laughs> right? It's just if you're screaming that on the couch, he's thinking that, and that's where the Niners fuck you up. And look at last week. It wasn't a rope-a-dope because they yanked the guy out of the game. But it did kind of work as a rope-a-dope when that, when that possession and Kirk goes bang, bang, boom, touchdown. I think they realize, God, we got a weakness. And they were right. Well, then right. Kyle goes, well, get that motherfucker out of the game. And he's out. And they bring E-Man, who's still, I mean, an average guy. But he's, he's not going to give up these huge plays. And if you notice, they kind of started throwing a little bit because the run, it wasn't working. So they just went, okay, we're just going to keep kind of throwing to the left side. That didn't work, and then Cousins got crazy, threw out Sherman, threw it right to him, and it just completely backfired. Because I would say, I would imagine Zimmer's thinking there after the game, we got away from everything that we do well, mm-hmm. and we went, we went down doing what we don't do well in in, in these type in, against good teams, and it was stupid. Because if you're him, you go, well, they got seven points off a pick. It's not like the Niners scored forty points. You know, everyone acts like we got our ass kicked, and we did physically. But the score, it's just like a turnover here, just control the ball. And I think that's where you look at the playoffs. It's much closer. All you need is one mistake to go your way if you're down 24 to 10. And boom, it's 24 to 17, right? That's yeah. where these games, like, that's where the Chiefs are kind of an outlier. If they can score 50 points, yeah, if you're playing a team that's scoring 50 points, you're going to lose. But if you're keeping a team in the mid to low 20s, all you need is the one fucking pick. 
or, or the one fumble or the one pick six. But you it happened still, against the Niners. Yeah, but I would say you still have to be capable of taking advantage of it. Like, there's a reason they kept throwing. They could not run, right? Like, you go – because what you're making me think But the of difference is, that, is, is Rodgers, guy. No, I know. But, well, yeah, well, 100%. Yep. But you make me think – I'm just thinking of the uh, uh, the Patriots game. Like, they, they had opportunities. They just couldn't – they just couldn't get the ball down the field. Right, I I think that's what makes the two of the four teams left in these playoffs really unique, is that the I, I would say the, I would say I would say Rodgers right now though is and this is this is, sounds blasphemy is dramatically better than than Tom right now given yeah, who's yeah, playing yeah, look, with no, 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 I'm I'm just this is a Vikings and a Niners no, and no a, offense and a Tom Chiefs if you're I love you I think what makes the Niners and the Chiefs different is that if they are down seventeen. We've seen it now. The Niners weren't. It wasn't quite seventeen, but it was on the road. Seventeen's a lot. I'm just saying, like if it's if it's yeah, one but, of those but, like twenty to matter seven, what the and you're kicking their ass. The, my point is, there are two teams left in the NFL that if they get down by double digits, I'm not overly, I'm not concerned about them in the first half of a game. And the Packers are not one of those teams. Who would the two be? The Niners, Niners and the Chiefs. Yeah. Because I've seen them both do it. I agree, I agree there. I, I'm just giving the counter of like, how yeah. could this? And I think you're right. The Packers are different than the Vikings in that way. My ultimate yeah. point on that though is, I don't I don't know if there was anything Zimmer could have done. Like them going back to the run wasn't going to help them. No, but the difference though, guy. And my point ultimately is, you have a plan and you've worked all week. And these coaches, if I mean, I, I can't imagine what a three-week playoff run is like as a coach, staying super locked in, grinding all night. I would imagine Aaron and Jimmy and the quarterbacks are putting in crazy hours too. Like, they ain't leaving the office at five. Like, this is – there's a lot on the line. And I saw Rodgers got tweeted in my timeline. Like, someone asked him, what's the difference between game planning, would you say, for like week 10 and the NFC Championship game? He's like, well, typically, you know, you go on the past four, maybe five games of an opponent – on this, once you get to the playoffs, like, the whole season's on the line. Like, you, you are breaking down their entire season. And I think for him, he's probably mean, wouldn't you say the Niners' first six, seven weeks for him on defense are more relevant than the last month? Because you use that number, it, you know, their scoring points per game went way up because the last six, seven games were much higher. But their de- it was like they were starting like Solomon Thomas. Right. The guys they rolled out last week. So he's basically and in saying, fairness, I know people hate it, but they were playing better teams too as the year went on. It was a con- it was both those things. But probably. I just but my point is, if they had their fully stocked team, maybe the Saints game is more like you know thirty five to thirty one instead of forty eight to forty six yeah. or whatever. Their fully stocked and, team looks like an all star team on defense. Yeah, and I, I think that's what Rodgers is talking about. You just everything's on the table. We're not just focusing on the last four or five games. We're focusing on everything, which which is smart. I mean, you're. Like, I'll promise you this. I don't know Kyle's habits. I would imagine he's pretty nuts. I've seen firsthand Andy's habits. If you said, John, how many games do you think Andy's watched on the Titans? I'd say he's watched every fucking defensive snap they've had in 2019. I would bet my everything I have on that he's watched. Would you cut your dick off? I would be willing to say I'd cut my dick off. That he's watched (laughs) every single snap. Now, granted, like the Packers, it's a little unique because it doesn't have to start from scratch. They played them. So he he had watched right whenever they played. I think the Titans played the Packers and like right around the the uh, Niners Green Bay like week ten or eleven. So you'd already had a rolodex of the games. It's a little easier. It actually makes preparation. I would say because you already have like a packet that you've handed out to your team. Like you already have. It'd be like 
retaking a test, there's going to be new shit on, but you'd already taken one of the tests with the majority of the shit on there. Like, their players are the same. Their schemes are the same. You just have to watch more information, which you, I think some coaches would say you uh, paralysis by analysis. Is that, is that the term? Sometimes it you is, can overthink yeah. it. It's kind of like I was thinking this morning, like, what are me and Guy going to talk about? We've talked about it all. But there's always, like, you just start getting going. You realize, fuck, I'm kind of juiced up just talking about it. So, I, yeah, I, I'm with you. They are just fucking it's pretty intense. <laughs> so I just, like, you just, whoever is, and we'll get into, like, the, the implications of this game. Like, if it is Rodgers holding up the trophy at Levi's, It'll feel like a pretty big kick in the dick. <laughs> That's know? right. In a in Vrabel's right in Vrabel's detached piece. I saw that someone was like, you know, if you technically look at what he said, he did not say he'd cut off his penis. He'd say, in theory, he'd be willing to do something as extreme as cut off his penis for a Super gotcha. Bowl. And what else? What else would be as extreme as that? <laughs> would be my question. I give him credit. He got pretty a lot closer than anyone would have thought. Um. You know, I, I will say this, John. Just you, you, you brought up the Saints game. It just made me think. Like the one thing they had right was a quarterback that got rid of the ball fast, and Aaron Rodgers can get rid of the ball fast. So we'll see how many hits he takes. Um, that that that's where though, like Tom Brady is notorious, right? For just it's hard to sack him, mm-hmm. just because it's wham, bam, boom. Well, I I think an underrated element to that statement is like Josh deserves a lot of credit, right? Josh is scheming the little quick routes. They know like which way to scheme the little quick routes to get them open. And you can say, well, John, they're just rocking. He's throwing wheel routes. Well, they've been throwing wheel routes now for six years. They must have these other combos that are throwing the defense off. And that's where talking to my guy breaking down this game, he's like, it's there's immense pressure on Lafleur because once you go to halftime, then you have to adjust or whatever. But, like, that first half game plan has got to be, like, the greatest game plan he's ever had. Like, this is why coaches get blown so much. It's not even necessarily for the play calls, maybe the game-winning play call that he calls or whatever. If he can get to halftime at, like, 13-13, that is remarkable. Like, to me, that, that'd that be like, God damn. Are they getting now coached a little bit? Because if I just told you that right now, if it's halftime, it's 10-10 or 13-13, you'd say that's a remarkable accomplishment for Matt LaFleur, Right. I, I would say that will look in a way where you'll go, God, Kyle's really <laughs> time now. Like, <laughs> But that's, yeah. to me, that's the number one priority. For the Niners, it's like you could be winning or you could be tired or you could be losing. You'd feel like they can win the game. Unless it's like 50 to nothing at halftime, which would not be the case. But if it's like 10 to 3 at half, you'd be like, well, but I just got to get something going here. It, the Packers is Fast always... Fast forward to Middlecoff freaking out. <laughs> but I'm just saying, all you have to do if you're Green Bay, to me, the only goal... Have us a chance at halftime. 10-7, 13-13. Just do not have it like last game, guy, where it's 20 to nothing. And it right. felt like 30. Like, it's over. If you can just – if it's 10-7 and a half and you go, we're getting the ball and it's 10-7, like, fuck, we're good. Uh, John, before we get to what the big picture means, let's tell the people about Manscaped.com. Code ham. Whoop. Gets you 20% off and it gets you free shipping uh, Manscaped is back in 2020 because so many of you out there listening uh, use the promo code HAM in 2019. Well, guys, sources say the man, the uh, lawnmower 3.0 is coming out. You and I have currently the lawnmower 2.0, uh, and it's I'd say it's the best trimmer in the business. Doesn't snag doesn't snag the cojones, the stones as they like to call them. Uh, 
and it's just it's incredible. I, I've been using it not just on my cojones, but I use it all over my body. I got these things uh, called the areola. Who actually, Mr. Ariola used to be the head coach at Davis Senior High School. Now that's incumbent is uh, Ethan Gavon, friend of ours. Ariola uh, spelled different, I think. It is, yeah. But the areolas are little hairs around your nipples, and you know you can. I get. I have and the a areola lot of is just the area around the nipple. I don't think it's the hair. Oh, I always I always consider the hair. I always thought it was the hair, but you know the areola, the air, the area, and you just trim it. I get it right on my chest. I get it on my stomach. I get it on my little back, and I take the lawn mower and I trim away. I'm telling you, it's the best in the business. A lot of you guys had uh, that are listening to this have used it. Manscaped.com promo code ham, and you have have attested by tweeting at us, loving the man, the uh, lawn mower. So get That's the right. lawn mower 2.0. If the lawn mower 3.0 is out by the time you check, get that. Twenty percent off, free shipping. Code ham. Manscaped.com. Manscaped.com promo code ham. And brought to you by mybookie.ag, promo code HAM and the numeral 1. If it's not football, it's NBA, it's Premier League, it's everything else. Fastest payouts, bets promotions, helpful 24-hour, uh, 24-7 customer service team, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM and the numeral 1. Well, guy, we got uh, the two games, 7.5-point spreads, opened at 7. We can go, how about this, Super Bowl odds to win. You get the Chiefs plus 120. You get the Niners plus 150. The Titans and Packers are enormous underdogs. They're both 6-1. to one. That, That's, that's guys, that's pretty big. Uh, man. Would you take so, the Packers or the Titans if you had to take one of those two? Kind of feels like I take the Titans, which is just insanity to say. But uh, the, the extra half point, I'm confident on this. I have no clue. Which one it's going to be? I think one of the two teams covers the seven and a half. I, I just think one of the two teams. I don't know which team. So if I was going to do it, I would pick the team that you feel most likely that it's going to cover. It would probably it kind of leans the Chiefs to me. So I would take the Chiefs minus seven and a half, and I would t- parlay it with the Packers seven and a half. Again, I've said over and over, I don't feel comfortable gambling on the Niner game. Just because, like, I'm my only theory about the Packers covering is just I think it's going to look differently in the second game. That's my only like confidence on why I'd pick the Packers. Otherwise, you'd be like the Niners going to win by double digits. But it's just that seems too simple. So I, I would I would probably take the Packers plus seven and a half if I was going to gamble, and then I just parlay it with the Chiefs to get myself. Uh, I'll, I'll do it right now live and see what the odds are. So I'll take the the Chiefs minus seven, and I'll take the Packers plus seven and a half. We'll parlay that, and the odds are about three to one. So you bet a hundred bucks, you win three hundred. The problem with parlays is I've <laughs> I've sworn off them as you need two things to happen, and you know, right. typically they don't work that way. Um, all right, we'll uh, follow up on that at a later date. So you know, one thing I was thinking about today is we we're thinking about kind of what this game means. Is I was thinking back to the beginning of the season when we had we talked a lot about what the Niners had to do before we knew what they would be and whether or not this was the year Kyle had to win or whether or not there were circumstances that would prevent that and those would be acceptable. And I kept saying, there's just no way to know until you see it play out. Like, I've got to know what it looks like. If they fail, I've got to know what it looks like. And you said, doesn't matter what it looks like, they just got to find a way to win. And you were right. I think as we look back now, you were right. And the reason was, the reason is, I think, specifically, I think, firstly, it's a Bosa thing. Like, Jimmy, and it's a Jimmy thing. It comes down to those two guys. Because injuries, and the Niners have had a lot of injuries, 
are understandable. The problem is they just sunk the second overall pick into Nick and a lot of money into Jimmy, first name basis. And if those guys had been hurt, it wouldn't have just been, oh, they're hurt, we'll wait again. You would just wait it on Jimmy. And Nick, there were these questions about injury. So if you had been bad if you're the Niners because those two guys are turned out to be your two best players, two of, your, two of your best players around Kittle, I mean, Kittle, you'd probably say is your best player right now, but whatever. The point is... Bosa raises hand. I know. But it would have... Yeah. Sherman raises hand. It would have looked... It would have been... Um, Robbie it wouldn't have just been bad in a bubble. It would have been bad plus, are these guys ever going to be? What's it going to look like next year? All that. So they. So you're right. There wasn't going to be a way where they lost. And it it's was just hard to have three straight losing. It's just hard to have three straight losing yeah. seasons as a coach. It's just for sure. It, it just is. That, that so, was my. So here they are now, and now it looks like they've got one of the best coaches in the league. They've got a really good quarterback. They've got some of the best players in the NFL. The whole coaching they, staff's going to come back. They they got the D, yeah that's right Robert Sala's back. They've got the NFC Championship game at home against the team they blew out last time. If we were to draw like a, a thick line somewhere along the way, the schedule would say above this line is incredible success and below this line, it's not quite raising the bar. I think this game would be that line. You win this game, you go to the Super Bowl, whatever happens in the Super Bowl happens, but you made the freaking Super Bowl. You don't. Well, okay, you still had a great year, but how we judge a trip and a loss in the NFC Championship game then is affected by what comes next. Like yes, Harbaugh made it. That was cool. It, yeah. But he went to the Super Bowl the next year, went to the NFC Championship game the next year. And so it was always this package deal. You go to the Super Bowl, there's no, well, let's see how next year looks. You, you have like, raised the bar like, to a level like that you Andy's can. Eagles run where you went to like four or five straight, but he went to a Super Bowl. He just kept getting back. It like feels substantive, substantial, I guess is probably the better word. I just look at, like, McVay, right? Like, he made the Super Bowl. Like he didn't win it. He made the Super Bowl. That carries a lot of weight. That's what, what this game you, means. What would you say if the Niners, <clears throat> let's play it out McVay style. McVay went to the Super Bowl next year. He missed. If he goes to the Super Bowl and loses, is there immense pressure on next year for Kyle just to get back in the mix? Like, if they miss, is he firing coaches? Or is it a little different with McVay because they made the playoffs, then they went to the Super Bowl, so it was like this kind of slower buildup where Kyle was. There's a buildup in the sense that he had been here a while, but those first two years they sucked, and then they finally get over the hump. And it, you know, you feel like a one-year wonder. Like, are you? Uh, I was watching college basketball last night. No, I mean, I say that loosely. I was flipping around channels, and Auburn, Alabama was on. And I was like, oh, but yeah, Bruce Pearl. Oh, yeah, they were in the fucking championship or the Final Four last year. And what they're like 15 and up. So it's like, oh, Auburn's just going to be a major factor as long as he's there for this. Alabama beat them, right? They did, but like Auburn was ranked four. Like clearly Auburn's going to be a top three seed, you know, probably a two or three or whatever in the tournament. Like they're going to be a major factor. If you're an Auburn basketball fan or just an Auburn booster, like this is fucking badass. We are a major factor in college basketball. To me, that's the key if you do not win the whole thing. Because you win the whole thing, it would suck not to make the playoffs last year. But I was I was thinking this yesterday at the gym. If I told every Niner fan, you can win the Super Bowl this year and you won't make the playoffs next year. Or you can make the Super Bowl this year and you'll make the playoffs for the next two years after, what would you take? Because you go, well, it'd be sweet to be really good the next couple of years, but there's nothing like winning a championship. And you just say, 2019, we were the Super Bowl champs. So you don't care. in ten years you don't think as much about the next year or the next year. You won the fucking Super Bowl. 
when you don't win the Super Bowl, it is really important to to keep it going. Because you go, well, you know, we never want it, but like the Bills. They never want it, but you know, we view ourselves as it fucking took Jimmy Johnson and the Cowboys. We were the best team in the league for like a five year stretch. Right. We didn't win a Super Bowl, but just check the resume, check the fucking Hall of Fame. You can't tell the story of the NFL without talking about us. Like you can tell the story if the Rams don't make the make the playoffs for like three more years, you get forgotten a little bit. You, you really do. Like if, if Harbaugh had just been a one off, like one of his four years, he had made the NFC Championship or even just made the Super Bowl and lost, it wouldn't feel the same. But it's like someone tweeted at me the other day, like, "What teams do you like more, the Harbaugh Niners or this Niners?" And I'd be like, listen, I'm not I'm not a big live in the past guy, but I did know what I experienced. That Harbaugh Niner team was fucking badass. If they were the equivalent of a fighter, they could they could walk into the ring and hang with anyone, any era. They were I, really unique. They were so, because they had who's got it better than us, right? The but polarizing just the, superstar the amount coach. of first rounders at every position all around the team. There was this whole is Jimmy. It was like the Lamar Jackson. Is this the future of football conversation around the quarterback? Right, there was just this whole. It was damn. Vernon Davis is sweet now, and he was a top five pick. But but I just mean the two, those two, Jim and Colin, oh, yeah. with a with like you said, just an iron fisted defense and Alden. It was Bowman and Willis killing everybody. I mean, it it was it was un it was crazy, John. It was. But but if this team can, I'll say that if this defense can maintain this for a couple years, I think you would get like yeah, this will be the equivalent. And if yeah, but you win- just can't duplicate the weirdness of Harbaugh and the polarizing nature of Colin. Like, it was just nutty. This team is not as weird. This team is not as polarizing. No team. I, there aren't any teams that were as <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah, In their weird. way, like, they were so wild. Yeah, it was. It felt like the Kevin Durant Warriors or something without the championships, but more interesting. It was, it, yeah. They, there was nothing. Just, I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but if this team wins the Super Bowl, I'd go, yeah, that's, you take the Super Bowl team. But you got to get it done. And this weekend is really important. Like, this is, I've been thinking all week, and you think about it whenever this happens, this is when legacies, and like, when we talk about, you still talk about the moments of, I was just thinking about the Bills. Like, Jim Kelly and Marvel Lee are still talked about. You know, you go to the Super Bowl. Like, you go to the Super Bowl. Like, is that just going to the Super Bowl? It's a fucking really, really big deal. It's. I was trying to think of a comparison. Is it like winning a golf major? It's not because you didn't win it. Is it like what? What is the equivalent to winning? Not just making it to the Super Bowl because you do kind of re- get remembered forever. Now you get remembered. To me, it's forever. such a big like a major. There's multiple majors a year. The hype is there's not there is to there's nothing like well, the Super Bowl. I'm talking about getting there and losing it. No, I understand. I but it's that's that's one on one. One a year, right? Yeah. It's, I don't think there's anything. Now, it depends it's one how game. It's not a wouldn't series. Wouldn't you say it's kind of dependent on how you remembered it for? Like, do, do you think the Falcons are proud of their Super Bowl year? Or that one kind of stings talking about? Well, like, to me, there's different categories, right? Like, the Bears team that went and lost, I, I think time will tell in the end. Like, were you – like, how do we remember Larry Coker's Miami Championship? You know, it's, 
I, I, it's it's not win or lose. I do think part of it, even though I said what comes next doesn't matter if you win. Well, that, this that's game. Where, that's where like Larry Coker or the Bears example. To me, they're just proud of getting there. If you're the Bears, like that's a big deal. Where we went to the Super Bowl. If you're Larry Coker, that Miami's proud of a that's championship. Great. But but like the sport isn't talking about that. Like you still gotta you have to stack up years for the ones in re- like the Seahawks have won one. But we well, talk about them like they've won four, and and I and I am on board with the way we talk about the Seahawks. Because they won one and then prove they are a championship, just worthy fighter every year. Well, that that's where I think the way they lost the Super Bowl to Marshawn and the Malcolm Butler pick makes, if that would have been their one-off Super Bowl, like if that would have been Pete's moment this last 10 years, that would have been a kick in the dick about 10 times. But I think they just hang it back. Well, you remember the year before when we played Peyton Manning and we beat the fucking brakes off him? Because that's... When I think about, I go, well, Russell and Pete have a ring. As much as, like, to me, that's where the Falcons, if the Falcons had two years before or two years after had won a Super Bowl, be like, you know, that 28-3, but they ended up winning it two years later, right? And it it wouldn't be that big of a deal. This is where it's like if you're going to have the crazy moment in the Super Bowl happen to you, like the, the Rams are a good example. They lost that year when they were when everyone talks about them. It's hard to remember specifically because it's almost twenty years ago now. But by the time they won it in '99, came out of nowhere, and then two years later when they lost to the Patriots as a big favorite, I think they were like almost two touchdown favorites, and the Patriots upset them. And I know it stings. Like Marshall Falk talks about, he thinks they were stealing their shit in the walkthrough or whatever. But doesn't it make it a little easier because all those guys are Super Bowl champs, like Warner and Marshall and. Even March as a coordinator, they had a ring, so yeah. it was like, yeah, we got there twice. So if the, the gap, Niners, if the, the gap Niners between, win or lose this, the gap between zero and one is much bigger than the gap between one and two Super Bowl rings. Wouldn't you say the gap between zero and one is just the widest gap possible in sports? Because yeah. well, once you, yeah, you're champion like, or you're not. Well, we, we talked about Peyton Black Manning and white. Ne- needed that number two. He did kind of like he didn't really need it, right? No, I mean it helps his legacy, but that he did need the one. He did need. <laughs> but the, I don't. Did, but I think Peyton. I don't think two times Super Bowl champion. No, you just think a champion. You but if we, think, if but I just think if we bring up the year, the second one, we're like, yeah, remember how crazy that year? Remember when Brock Osweiler was the but, star? But you know, like when we're sixty years old, it might just be like, yeah, you won a couple of rings. I, but 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 really, it's just I think of him as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I'm glad he got his championship because he deserved it. I'm, he should I'm have with, that. I I would agree. So it's just. You have a pretty unreal opportunity. Here's the other thing for the Niners, and we were talking about this a little bit before we hit record, is like, it's not like the 2014 Patriots, uh, you know, the uh, 2015 Denver Broncos, and the 2011 Green Bay Packers are in front of you here. These teams are, it's a flawed Green Bay Packer team. It's the Tennessee fucking Titans led by Tannehill, and a Chiefs team that is not... I bet the Chiefs will tell you, I think our team last year was probably a little bit better. Now the yeah. defense is better. But do you see Chris Jones, their best defensive lineman, who's hurt, who hasn't practiced in like a couple weeks, hurt himself like playing pickup basketball in the locker room or something? It wasn't even on the field. Like that's that one hurts. Now, is are they good enough to overcome it against the Titans? Maybe, but like they're they're not some all time stack. Like I bet Andy would tell you, like, we think we'll probably be better in a couple years. They actually thought their team was probably like really going to peak next year, just with some of their young pieces. Now that's but that's just not the way the thing works. No, right? I, but they would be a now. worthy champion, right? If the if the season ends and the Chiefs win, you'd go worthy 
Now, everyone who wins it is worthy, but if the Titans win the Super Bowl, you'd be like, that was an insane year. The Chiefs or the Niners win it, you'd be... Uh, I think the Titans. I think the Titans would be viewed as like Jim Valvano's NC State team or something, like an all-time Cinderella story. They just got hot. They well, won. Yeah, they just had like the greatest run. Like if they, let's say, the Titans beat the Texans, the Patriots, the Ravens, the Chiefs, and then beat the Niners, you'd be like, they just Eli Manning had the greatest run. Not so fast, right? Like that. That would be Tannehill, and it would be more Derrick Henry had the greatest run in like you could argue in playoff history. Of upsets. Yeah. It'd Think of like how many if, points uh, their underdogs guy. Seven and a half, ten, seven and a half. You're, you're talking, they're already at 24. They'd be at least a seven plus to the Niners. You'd be talking, they were 35 plus points of underdogs and overcame it. That's why I don't think it's happening. It would be, you know, we'll talk about them in a second. It'd be NCAA tournament level. You that's, know. A, that's a little how the Patriots won it in 2001. They were just huge underdog, huge underdog, huge underdog, and they just kept stacking up wins. That's why I I struggle once you get to this point to, like, the Niners just going to go to the Super Bowl. Or if the Niners play the Titans, they're just going to win the Super Bowl. That's just that's not how sports usually work. Now, I'm no, not saying right. they won't, but it's just... I've but there, there are years where you don't know who should, and there are years where you do know who should. And the Niners and the Chiefs should. That's not, be, but it's that not, should be the Super Bowl will, at this point. Yeah. But if they don't, it will be major upsets, major letdowns, opportunities missed. It will be opportunity missed. Because wouldn't you say there are two ways to look at this if you were a Packer guy? You'd go, well, Jesus Christ, this season has been a fucking raging success. I mean, we went from needing a coach last year to drafting. I don't know if they quite drafted. The, they might have been drafted like 7 or 8. Maybe it was like 10 or 11. But they drafted really high because they got Rashawn Gary. So we went from just a God, we just want to get back on track and make the playoffs to all of a sudden we're in the NFC championship game. And then their curveball is, well, how many more years is Aaron Rodgers going to be really good? Like this is, we're just here with a star quarterback that's going to the hall of fame. We might not get back to this. Well, if you're the Niners, you're not as dependent on the one individual. You can just, it's easier to justify in your mind if you did lose, even though, like you said, like it's, then there is a lot, there's immense pressure on the years coming. And that's what made the Harbaugh run so special is like, he just kept backing it up. It was just boom, boom, boom. And it was the way their team was built. They had a bunch of guys under contract. They didn't lose many free agents. Like the Niners, it's already like, well, Richard's going to be a free agent next year. Eric Armstead's a free agent now. You got to pay fucking Kittle. You got to pay Buckner. Like they... They got to this point a little later than ideal, just given the, their economic structure of their team. Not that they're in a bad situation, but they are going to pay two of the biggest contracts they've ever paid, non-quarterback, right? Yeah. So you just, that's where it is. Take advantage of it now. And you don't have to win the Super Bowl, but making it there, you do get remembered forever. Because how many, in our lifetime, up until Harbaugh, when the Niners went to the Super Bowl, they won it. You know, The years they didn't win it, they didn't go. When they went, they won. That they were five for five. Like they were Joe. Joe was four for four. Then Steve was one for one. Kaepernick was zero for one. And it was kind of weird. You just kind of expect to go. Now that game, the Ravens were. I don't think. You know, in '94 it was clear. Like the Niners were so much better than the Chargers. This that ain't going to be the case this year. Though it may look like who could. What if the Niners win this game by double digits and then beat the Chiefs? You'd be like, God, is that one of the greatest seasons in Niner history? Because it would yeah, be. It would be. It would be because of how we think of the Chiefs. But 
Think about the disappointment if you lose the game and then all of a sudden the Titans beat the well, – well, I guess the Titans will beat the Chiefs first, right? That game's first Yeah, on Sunday. But uh, before we get on to the uh, AFC Championship game, let's just tell the people about Upstart, upstart.com slash ham. This year, get rid and tackle that high-interest credit card debt. Our friends at upstart.com slash ham are here to help. Upstart is the revolutionary lending platform that offers smarter rates to help you pay off high-interest credit card debt. Yeah, I love our friends at Upstart.com. Upstart believes you are more than just a credit score. They believe in you, guy. They make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate. Since it's just a soft pull, it will not affect your credit score. The hard pull is happens when they, uh, if they do the hard pull, it affects your rate. That's not pull. the case here. Yeah, soft nice, pull. nice soft pull here. The best part, guy, once the loan is approved and accepted... Most people get their funds the very next business day, the next day. Over 400,000 people have used Upstart to pay off the credit cards to meet their financial goals. Free yourself from the burden of high-interest credit card debt guy by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. See why Upstart is ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on. Trust Pilot and hurry to upstart.com slash ham to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate only takes a few minutes. Soft pull. Upstart.com slash ham. Just got an alert from FedEx that my... uh, Manscaped got delivered. Another Ooh. another shipment from Manscaped. Just is it ra- is it raining outside your window right now? It's pouring here. Yeah, it's pouring. I mean, it not is. built for this. Not built. Get All the right. tarp on, Jed. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, Titans Chiefs, John. Like you said to me before the podcast, the tight. If you said who has the least pressure on them of the four teams left, it's not even close. I wonder if the Titans think of it that way. And if I said who has the most pressure on him, I guess wouldn't that then be the Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I've, I, I've been riding the wave of like, I might as well text this guy after wins, and he texts me right back. And and John Robinson, the last thing he texted me was like, we got a bunch of guys to believe. So I, when he's saying stuff like that, like I don't think they believe they're going to lose. You got two waves to ride here, though. You got the Titans wave that well, you've been I, riding. I, I, I'm, I'm, there's the I'm, Andy I'm, wave. No, I'm I'm 100 rooting for the Chiefs, and I will be very very conflicted if the Niners make the Super Bowl. Because I'll be honest, I, I think it would just mean more to Andy than it would just the 49ers. Let's just yeah. call let's just call a spade a spade. If you're our age listening to this podcast, you fucking lived a lot of Niners success. Like, Andy deserves it. Now, I'm not saying, like, for my business, you could argue we're already, it just, it's, Super Bowl would be better. Because it would just, you know, wouldn't you say? Something that happened? Uh, you mean if they were to win? Oh, I thought you were, you made a face like there was breaking news or something. No, no, no. I, I was, I was, uh. I would say the win wouldn't that help us for the next like three or four months talking about Super yeah Bowl i mean i i getting from a business standpoint just getting to the super bowl is We've almost won. as valuable as winning the super bowl yeah but winning the super bowl would be valuable but you so, could yeah, argue losing got, it like there'd be an all-off season talking like, what do they have to do to get over the hump well what if it looked the way like the falcons pay right if it looks in a way that create but again my premise is the west coast just goes all right nice year on to next year <laughs> yeah uh, Check so, back later. What's what's uh, Farhan up to? So, yeah, I know you'll be torn. I uh, and I'm as someone who would you all, who who would you be rooting for? Well, I'm me, not not rooting selfish. for selfish. Yeah, I'd be I'm rooting so- selfishly. There are games that happen where I go, God, I, I don't know what to think about this game in terms of I like both teams. I do because of you and through you have always rooted for Andy. Also, I've always rooted for Andy because I think the thing about, like, you know, his, his clock management. And, it's like, I just know that guy's put together, like, basically two decades of NFL dominance, and that needs to be appreciated. 
And if some people need him to win a Super Bowl to appreciate it, fine. He's one of the best coaches in the league and has been for a long time. So, you know, he had his quarterback throw up in the huddle in a Super Bowl. Um, there's things you can't control. Uh, well, his best player had a broken leg in that game. You know, he actually dominated. He Here's played my, really well. La, so, think about last year, guy. They were on the precipice of beating the Patriots, and now the Niners, one of their best passers, jumped off fucking sides on a play that Tom Brady threw a pick. Like, what did you think, Andy? Like, yeah, we just we coached D Ford to get over that neutral zone. Of course not. I mean, I, I bet D still thinks about that moment. Well, maybe not because he checks his bank account. Listen, I'm born and raised a Niner fan. I the last 10 years, I don't care as much. It's just once you work in this business and definitely work in the sport, you just kind of become numb to it. If it wasn't for Andy Reid, who, as I interviewed on the day when I got hired in Philly, Howie Roseman goes, well, you probably wouldn't be here if the head coach hadn't come down to my office and been like, you should you should talk to this guy because Pat Hill had called him. So, And I wouldn't have ended up being in radio if I wouldn't have worked in the NFL. Like, he, he helped create my career. You know, like I it just, oh, middle cop was a recruiting guy for a couple years for Fresno State. Like it ain't the same. So he changed the course of my life. And Brett Veach, buddies with him. And there are other guys on that staff that I know. So it's just, yeah, I know people with the Niners too. Like I want to see them succeed, but I, they're not going anywhere. And they've had success. They made a lot of money. It's just, there is more, there's more historic stuff on the line for Coach Reed. Just because like you said, he truly is one of the great innovators in the sport in the history of the sport. And every guy worth their salt that talks about him goes, this guy's great. And I think what would be cool is to hear like Kyle and Andy talk. And I think Kyle would hold him in high reverence when they talked about like He's one of the guys that I want to be like or whatever, have a career of 200 plus wins. And, but there would be a lot on the line. Like eventually Andy just has to win it. Like we just got to stop talking and you just got to fucking do it. And it starts with this game. Like, it felt for a split second, and every human was thinking about it because a lot of people were tweeting about it. Like, Andy's going to go out like this to the Houston Texans when they're down 24-0. And it was like, no, he wasn't. He was going to beat the living shit out of them. And that's what he did. He scored 51 straight points. And people were like, are we really crushing Andy Reid? He's not dropping. Like, the guys were just dropping passes. And part of it is like, well, coach, you are throwing it. It's freezing cold, but they did start catching the ball, and they are they're they're high end, and that's why there is pressure on him specifically in this game because he has the better team. Now, I think that John Robinson would say, well, we beat them, fucking three, you know, six weeks ago, and they did in Arrowhead, and that's where I think like who was quarterbacking the Chiefs that day? Uh, Mahomes, Mahomes quarterbacked him but he was fresh back off the injury and they were a little off but if you remember the score was like 33 to 30 like it was a high scoring game so I I'm not going to be quick to say like the Chiefs are just way better like I I think at this point we have to acknowledge the Titans are playing really well because I watched that game against the Ravens like the the Patriot game was was pretty ugly and they just found a way. The Ravens game was uh, we're fucking better than you and we're going to kick your ass and they kick their ass and I, I, that's where I get back to. I don't think the Titans are going into this game like, oh, it's the Chiefs. We're just playing with house money. Like, they ain't looking at it like that. But Andy's been in enough of these games that he ain't looking at that either. He respects these guys. I, I, I think they win, uh, and I think he has to win because I do think then it's just like, God, it's just – that's the one thing when you bank that Super Bowl, like a McCarthy or like a Sean Payton or like if Kyle did it this year, you, you get extra credit. You know, and that extra credit holds 
with you and the equity of the way sports fans talk about you. Like, for the first time this year, it's like, can we, have we overhyped Sean Payton? No, he's really good. He's proven. He's one of the best. He loses some crazy games. Like, he just, he won the fucking Super Bowl. So at the end of the day, you can talk all the shit about him, and he's had some crazy losses these last three years, but he has that ring. And like you said, the gap between Sean Payton and Andy, if we were stacking them, you got to give the nod to Sean because he did win that goddamn game. And he beat Peyton. Like, that was that was an enormous moment. And he had a historic moment in that game where it's like, he pulled, he gave them the green light to kick the onside kick. So, like, usually winning a Super Bowl, for the most part, something, like, historic happens in that Super Bowl mm-hmm. where you're just like, that moment happened for that coach or that player. Like, Doug Peterson will forever be known. Man. It's like, Jesus Christ, now everyone in Utah, we talked about this year, if you, if you play in the... In the hundred mile radius of uh, of the link, you that play is part of your game plan, and you usually run it. The Philly special, but he forever known like it's not. The Eagles finally won a Super Bowl. The Eagles won a Super Bowl guy, and he called a fucking fake play on fourth and one at the goal line against Belichick, and it worked. So it's like more than likely, if Andy were then to win this game and win the Super Bowl, he would probably have some sweet plays. He's like, I've been holding this thing since far. For the right now, probably not. Maybe he just draws it up that week, but because remember the story on the Philly special was either Foles. I think Foles had said this. We actually had it in the game plan for Minnesota, but that game turned out to be a blowout. So we were like, let's hold it for the Super Bowl, and then they yeah. used it. So it just. But I also think it's there. The one thing I the comp I had, and this hit me when I was on an edible watching uh, the Titans game. You know who I think. Vrabel reminds me a lot of their, their parallels here. Hmm. I kind of think he has a chance to be the modern day Parcells. And again, it's their parallels are not perfect. He was a player and famous, but if you watch Vrabel, just when I watch him at practice, he's kind of a hard ass. He's kind of old school, but he's also a lover. And I think Parcells sneaky. Like when you hear LT, like he he's a lover to his good players. But Parcells used to be fearless. And I'm, when I mean fearless, like, he would fucking verbal jab with anybody. Opposing player, media, whatever. You watch some of these things going viral on Vrabel, talking shit to players. Like, you fucking pussy, shut the fuck up. Like, they have him mouthing that on the sideline. Like, he's just crazy. Because deep down, he knows, like, he's talking shit to a DB. He, he could kick that DB's ass. Now, he could. Like, I don't know. Would, could Parcells really have kicked people's ass? Probably not. Even when he was younger, like, in his Giants days. But I think he was crazy enough, and definitely his team thought he was crazy enough. Yeah, that like, he, he was intimidating. Yeah, I think Vrabel has the modern day kind of. He's not a millennial, but like this version of it. Like, is there a chance that he's just a really, really special coach? You know, and he's going to be a factor for a long period of time because I, I don't think he's some flash in the pan. Last year, guy, they played a Week 17 game to get in, and they lost. But it was Mariota. Remember, was hurt, and they had to play with Gabbert. Yeah, like his team now. It's not like well, you know what's crazy about the Titans making this run. Last year they were a three win team. No, they last year they went nine and seven. They were a game, they were a game away, and their quarterback was hurt. Like I think he's. Are they just going to be a playoff team next year? Probably. Like why would you bet against it? Like I don't think uh, we're just some yeah, flash they, in the no, pan. No, they will be. I mean, they he now. That's where I think your Butler comparison. Like you know what it turned out with Butler? They had Brad fucking Stevens. Like I think well, they went you know to what, two. Yeah, but I think you know what turns out with the Titans? They got Mike fucking Vrabel, who was on the fast track. And not the fast track kind of like Joe Brady where it just took one year. It was like, I think we were talking about Vrabel for like three or four years. Like this guy. Well, remember, the, what was the Niners deal? He declined the he declined an interview for Chip, right, to be the D.C.? 
No, took the interview, declined the offer. Declined the job to stay D.C. with the Texans. Do you remember who broke that story? Oh, no. Was he not the D.C. with the Texans? Linebacker coach. Linebacker coach, that's Turn, right. And remember, the it was like, this is unheard of practice in the NFL. Who broke that story, John? Uh, it's safe to say he might be talking on this podcast currently right now. Yeah. Did I get I'd joy? actually forgotten I, that part. Do you think I got joy in breaking that story a little bit? Yes. Maybe a yeah. little. Maybe yes. a little. Yeah. So for, for Raider fans, think you get too much joy out of. Don't forget, Middlecoff used to get so much joy out of stuff like that. Yeah, I got I got some pettiness to me. It was personal. All right, but, um, but it was but it wasn't like I didn't make up. It happened. No, he it turned happened. it down. All right. Uh, Would you before, say that was the best thing, smartest thing he ever done in his career? <laughs> yeah. All, all those guys got fired. Now, who knows though, guy? What if the Niners had fallen in love and he was the next coach of the Niners? I don't think the Niners were going to hire internal after that. Probably but not, but but you never know. He I was a unique individual. Yeah, you're right. He probably doesn't get the job. Um, all right, can we just rattle rattle through some of these quickly? Some headlines. There's some yeah. good ones. Have you seen? As we're talking right now, I'm going to text you the Odell Beckham video. Have you seen I, this video? I, yeah, of him slapping the guy in the ass. What is that cop doing? Does he think these guys are drinking? Is that what he thought? No, was going on? you're not allowed to smoke inside, and he's telling those guys to put out the cigars. Oh, okay. That's what it was. That that was the reason the cop stormed in because on the Monday night, late night, people that were covering it were like, "This is pretty laughable." There are cops in here telling all the kids to fucking put out the cigars, and and the guy, the kids are like, "Are you serious?" Like, kind of laugh. Not, I think a lot of the because again, they're kids. They're, a lot of them did. You know, they weren't. They're not trying to get in trouble. <laughs> you know, they're just. This is not. They're not like some rebel like Beckham trying to cause a scene. They won the championship. They're just trying to enjoy it. I actually felt like they were kind of harmless. Just the whole vibe to LSU. Like this is just yeah. kind of fun loving. Ed was just kind of soaking it in. It was really Beckham. Honestly, it was just Beckham that kind of felt like the slappy in the entire deal. Like, even all the things I saw of Burrow, he'd just be kind of sitting there, kind of soaking it in with a smile. And it just, just a young guy enjoying the moment, but not like over the top. Beckham was the only guy being a slappy, and he was beyond a slappy. Anyone that has a take that was like, well, the NCAA is an, is a, you know, the, the, the rules they have are, historically unfair and this has this has parallels to slavery it's like shut the fuck up it's not about any of that it's just a beckham's an idiot honey badger's there patrick peterson's there lyle collins is there all their famous players i haven't read one fucking thing about any of those guys doing anything moronic you know why because those guys are just normal why is it always beckham it always is who has now a resume of being a losing player well think about the guys i just listed let's use two of them honey badger and patrick peterson Patrick Peterson's been the best corner, him and Sherman, for the last, Sherman will tell you he's better, but he travels, whatever. It's been a multiple-time All-Pro, no issues. Honey Badger, team captain, three different teams. They, they, they're winners. Both of them, Beckham, for whatever reason, never wins, but it's never his fault. And we always have people like Jamel Hill and J- Nick Wright making excuses for him. We always make excuses for losers. You know who you don't have to make excuses for? Honey Badger. He got kicked out of LSU. He got kicked out of LSU for fucking weed. He was a character reject all over the league. You know what he's become? Like the highest. I, I, I fucking love the Honey Badger. He's like my favorite player in the league. I, I love. He's a good follow on Twitter. He's just a smart guy. He's an impressive guy. He causes no problems. Everyone that's around him swears by him. You know what, he, you know what happens? His team just win. Every fucking where he goes, he wins. Larry Fitzgerald, who I think it's fair to say would, would be considered like top five human in the league the last 10 years, 20 years. You could argue like 
he could have an argument for number one. Just most impressive individual. Every, I mean, he's like, just friends with John McCain. He's just friends with this guy. He's just like, God, Larry Fitzgerald is just is an impressive guy. Called Honey Badger once upon a time the heart and soul of his own team. And he was like in the peak of his powers. And it's always Beckham. It always is. And of course today, guy, the amount of people I've seen in the last 24 hours say that like this is on the NCAA or this is it's like you guys are idiots as Slareth tweeted last night like y- you can't defend dumbassery I think is the word he used <laughs> this, has, this has nothing to do with money it has nothing to do with the NCAA it has to do with being a dumbass and he's a dumbass it's crazy that was- it's um and it's not fair to the guys. I mean, they're just they they're the greatest team in LSU history, and they're this is the story. Well, I don't even think that video is not really that relevant unless it involves Odell Beckham slapping a police officer's ass. Well, did you see right? the Browns? Did you see the Browns? I, I saw when you were when when we were like mid podcast. I just had Twitter open, and I just saw they had to come out with a statement. Like we're aware the classic thing that you come out with, like when a guy gets domestic violence or whatever. You, just, oh. I like mean, you have to address the stupidest shit. Is moronic. Why is so it don't, always you so would dumb not trade him? Bosa for Odell? I was wrong on that. I, I talked to someone last night. He'll go unnamed. He actually gave me some juicy stuff on the Browns. That uh, that just agree. Like I think at this point it's fair to say oh, Beckham's just a losing player. Like and I, I I am I'm an Al Davis type. Or at least I was. I'm kind of transitioning a little more to like uh, maybe Chris Ballard. Maybe maybe start going for some doubles. That. Odell Beckham type guys are usually my favorite type players because of the talent. Like, I, I think at his point, he's just a loser. Yeah, and you, the executive, doesn't have to be in the locker room with him, you know? But you do have to put out the statements and talk to the media after he gets in trouble for dumb yeah. shit. But I actually, yeah, I mean, it's just because. Uh, a few yeah. more here. Joe Brady to the Panthers. Intriguing. I mean, Panthers are going rule and Joe Brady. Joe Brady, those, these are two college guys, quote unquote, but they've been in the NFL. And like you told me, the thing everyone's blown away by is LSU time. Let's not forget who was all in on Joe Brady, which was Saints, right? Yeah. OC, now to the uh, – It is No square good. pegs and round holes here. You, you said it on the previous game when they played Ohio State. Or no, they played Oklahoma. And you're like, well, the older guy is the guy calling the plays. And I was like, oh, well, I, I've been reading they split it. That's what everybody it, says, but then it, they show him in the booth. Well, you want the national championship, it was – I mean, it was – you couldn't even argue it. It was clear who was talking. Right, every time they'd show it, it was I can never say his name. And M Singer, how do you say it? M Singer. M Singer. He was calling the plays. He was one million calling the plays. Now, the one thing I saw Joe Brady said is every once in a while, like he'd be like, "You're feeling this, you call it." Like a, a series, a play, but that ain't the play caller. Like that's that's a dramatic rise for a guy that clearly wasn't the play caller, right? Because it felt like, and I think this guy's so old. M. Singer, and he's so old in the sense that LSU's his life. I, I think he's just at the point where he's not shooting for credit. He's clearly not going to become a head coach or anything. If, if M. Singer had been like a 50-year-old, not like a 60-year-old, or even like late 40s, and Brady, everyone was giving him the reach around, kind of because that's what happened all year long. Everyone blew Joe Brady. He had one of the most meteoric – his meteoric rise, you'd say, is stronger than like McVay. He's way more famous than McVeigh was, like in 2016 or something, right? Like, how, yeah. How well, he got famous before he became like McVeigh got famous when he became a head coach. I would say, though, we talked about McVeigh a little bit, like this a little, 30- but I, but to me, yeah. he didn't get famous until he became a head coach. 
Do you remember a guy getting more famous on a championship team that did, that's super young that did not call plays? Because it's like super young. I mean, Frank Wright got a job out of not calling plays. Yeah, but the guy's fucking started in playoff no, I, games. No, I know. I'm just uh, he was a famous here. name. I, I know. <laughs> just trying to think of guys that didn't call plays and then immediately got jobs. Do you agree this is an extreme rice that could blow up fast? And I, I'm not judging him by his age or the way he looks. I just think when you look at the substance, he did not call the plays. That's pretty crazy. Now, th- yeah. But I, I do think that it feels LSU's coaching staff was pretty comfortable about adding what he brought to the table and just maybe his concepts. That's, what it, that's the one thing Pass I would Pass game do. coordinator. You know, do with that what you will. It means different things to different places. Because clearly, before him, LSU always looked the same. With him... They look different. Exactly. And that and that was the point Herb Street made on the national championship game, right? I think he even kind of said it, and then he caught himself. He's like, you know, it was an archaic offense for a long time. Yeah. So he clearly changed something. You watch the uh, Aaron Hernandez? Is that a watch or don't watch Netflix recommendation? Yeah, I, I mean, saw you. I downloaded it. it. I, I, it's pretty good. I mean, I, I think most of us, we know the story, but it's just any the visual part of it. Wetzel's a big part of it. Uh, Dan Wetzel? Dan Wetzel, I think he's oh. produced it. Oh. And uh, you just forget things like, God, you, do you know a guy they interviewed on the practice field like three months after they arrested Hernandez was Tim Tebow, who was a member of the Patriots at the time. And it was like, God, I forget some of these Did things. He say, that was like a, a news clip or something? Well, it's just the entire you know news media trying to get his, you know, because they're like, yeah. you know him. And he's like, right. well, listen. And he was, you know, really impressive. He's like, uh, Listen, guys, I, I get why you have to ask these questions and obviously my connection to them, but I've been instructed we can't talk about this. Basically saying Belichick no, told okay. us not to talk about it. So, he, I mean, he didn't give him anything, but right. what was he going to say? The team lawyer, Bill Belichick, told us. A, a, a lot of people, one thing I feel pretty confident about, you can say Belichick shady or whatever, and I think most people in high-level businesses will do whatever it takes to win or make money or whatever. I think they had a pretty good idea. He was probably hanging with some shady people. But I don't believe for one second if they had thought he was murdering people, they would have kept him on the roster. Who is? Has someone even suggested that? Why? Well, I, I think countless players, like guys that had played on those teams that aren't as famous, would just be like, "Listen, man, I thought he, you know, had maybe had some anger issues or whatever." I, I, I do think they're being genuine, don't you? Like, if anyone says that, like, yeah, I didn't. Like, do I think Tom Brady? Like, he's probably murdering people in his free time. Like, no fucking. Of course chance. not. <laughs> I know. Uh, what else you got? Other headlines? Uh, uh, what else do I got? Well, Luka Doncic. Yeah. Who Vladi, I think the Kings have shot this down. Rumor was at first he did, wasn't going to take him because Vladi hated his dad. Like maybe they had beef going back to like the 70s or something back in Lithuania, wherever the fuck they're from. That I guess is not true. But one thing that is clearly is true is that they didn't think he was a transcendent player. Because if they did, they would have taken him. Now, there, I think he might say, we really liked him, but we had De'Aaron Fox, who we thought was going to be our Luka. Now, here's the problem, is that De'Aaron Fox, when you have, like, don't, you don't reach for need, which is different in basketball. You just always take the best player, especially in a positionless time. I think after last year, you go, I think that Fox can be a star. You know what's clear, guy? He's not. He's just going to be probably a good player, really talented player, but he's not, he's not like John Wall or anything. I think that... Kind of felt like, could this guy be a better John Wall? And then you realize, you know, he ain't going to be John Wall. And this Luka guy, who has Dickinson text me last night, had a triple-double going into the fourth quarter. 
And he wasn't even playing that well. He's like 0 of 5 from 3. This guy, they, they just, the Kings suck. And this guy is just a, I, I struggle to watch the NBA this year, guy. But if Luka's on television, I'll kind of stop and watch. He is fun yeah. to watch. And the best part, I mean, to me, I don't know. Maybe it's because of the proximity. It feels like Kings players who are kind of good get blown up like they're about to be great so much. Maybe that's just the NBA, and I'm just we're in the Bay Area. And some you know grew up in Davis, Kings fan, so I'm just more sensitive and aware of it. But like Buddy Heald after the game, you know, the Kings got booed. I said like, yeah, first they love you and then they hate you. It's like, dude, Luka Doncic, you could have had just ripped you guys, and you guys suck. Again, yeah, they're booing you because you suck. Remember that time that people were like, "This is the year the Kings aren't going to suck." No, you need help clarifying. It's been every year for the last seven years. This is the year they're not going to suck. And then not only do they not make the playoffs as like an eight seed, they suck again. They suck. Oh no. Yeah. Okay, Bobby Boucher. <laughs> we suck again. Like it's not even like oh maybe this. There's no. 10 seed to 9 seed to 8 seed. There's none of that. It just you, suck. You notice the LSU team has kind of resurrected that movie, Waterboy? I've seen a lot of clips of just Bobby Bougier, guy, that, uh, the coach talking that speaks, you know, Cajun. I've seen a lot of clips, but I'm with you. You know, I was thinking about, like, the Packers, the Niners, even the Chiefs. Like, you've seen a lot of good teams. Like, the Kings are just always shitty. The Kings are kind of like the Browns or something. They just always suck. You're like, well, there's a team. We got a bunch of talent. Nothing matters. Must be the coach, John. Yeah, you're going to suck. You just suck. Culture, whatever, you just suck. Other story Uh, I saw. uh, By the way, I just wanted to – did you see the highlights at the end of the game? Markel Fultz had a couple big plays late, scored on LeBron, triple-double for Markel. Happy for that guy. Caruso got a concussion, I saw. Okay. You know, Caruso's actually pretty good. I know. I saw him in the G League a few years ago. Like you called a game that he was playing in? Yeah, when he played, uh, he was on the Thunder G League team, I think. Uh, was he like one of their the Warriors? Be- was he their better player, their best player? Yeah, he was one of their. I mean, he wasn't the guy that like everyone was talking about. They had like this big guy that they had drafted. I don't. Even what do you know. think about Caruso that kind of grows at his hair, but there's nothing on top? Do you like that look? Is that a bold look? No, I don't think it's a good look per se, but I do think specifically with basketball, it's a great look because it people judge you. There's, I think, being a basketball guy who like people, you know, like the videos, where like some guy shows up in like suspenders to like a pickup court and then goes for thirty dunks on somebody. Like people, there's something about that in hoops because everyone yeah. plays pickup where you don't know anybody and you're just picking people based on how they look or how tall they are, and so that guy would not in the NBA pickup open gym get picked. And so there's something fun about that. You know what's funny is I, I uh, you ever listen to the JJ Reddick podcast? Uh, I have. I mean, it's I don't, don't avoid it. I just have it in a little while. Yeah, the only reason I did it because Zion was on, and uh, I, I was like, I'll fucking listen to this. And Zion, you know, he's fun loving guy. And Reddick was like, Did Coach K ever say anything about me? He's like, yeah, you use an example sometimes. He's like, you know, a lot of guys in here, you think you're going to the NBA, but it's not just about talent. It's about work ethic. Look at J.J. Redick, 6'4 white guy who just grinded his way to the NBA. And Redick's like, fuck, I'm pretty good. And, he's, and they're <laughs> all laughing dude. about it. Yeah, he's like, 6'4 white guy, you know, worked his ass off, got to the league, and sustained a, sustained a career. But it's just in, the, in basketball, I know the woke culture, like you get you get racially profiled for being a white guy, especially smaller white guys in Caruso. I don't think that's woke culture. I think just white guys have always gotten. Like, yeah, but I mean, that's, you can't really say. I, I guess you can make fun of white guys on Twitter. You can't do the other way, but which I get. 
But ultimately, Caruso, much less heralded than like Redick, right? Or some of these white guys that do make it. Like Luca was the fifth pick in the draft. I mean, Caruso's get treated p- different than American white guys too, though. That's did, did, different. Where, did Caruso, is he an American? Yeah. Do you know where he went to college? Like, did he play at, like, Long Beach State? Or is he, no, like... No, I, I think he's from the... I think he's from, like, Texas. Temple, Temple or no, SMU or something? He's, yeah, he's from Texas. He's... Uh, I'm interested in this guy's story. A and went to A&M. Oh, okay. So he was uh, playing in the SEC in the Big 12. What year did he graduate college? Or leave? 16. Oh, well, he's a four-year guy. <laughs> four-year guy? Yeah, an eight-point Car- score, John. So Caruso's, like, 28 years old right now, right? No, he's 25. 16. God, he's young. I'd say the, the last thing that I saw that kind of interests me mm. is, it turns out, I, was, I, I could only watch one episode. I'm like, I'm not going to do a deep dive on Aaron Hernandez. I, I just, it's kind of disturbing. So I just started flipping around channels at like 9.15, and the, they were playing at Saudi Arabia on the Golf Channel. And I was like, you know, I'm, I usually don't like, if it's the Corn Ferry Tour or European Tour, I'm not going to watch. But the first time I flipped it on, I see Kepka standing right next to Fleetwood. I'm like, God. And then they kept going around, like Sergio. There were a bunch of, like, top 20 guys there. So I'm like, I'll watch this for, like, an hour. And Kepka, I think, shot six under. It was really good. And it just looked awesome. And uh, then I wake up this morning, and all I see is, like, he put him in a body bag. Put him in There's a body a bag. Yeah. Clean up on ILA. <laughs> you know, like, Mortal Kombat, finish him. And I was like, what are people talking about? And I always see is the picture of the trophies. And then I see DeChambeau, uh, who is, like, to me, it's not even about the comment about Brooks. It's more that DeChambeau is clearly kind of caught up and being kind of strong. Like, he wants to be buff guy, which is kind of weird. Like, I don't think Kepka is caught up with being buff guy. I just think his body type is just, like, you look at, Kepka's not, he kind of has some handles. Like, he, I think he's thick, but he's not Tiger Woods. I just think he's naturally kind of, that's his body. He's kind of shorter, stockier. And Kepka, or it shows you, like, to me, Bryson is just worried about some of the wrong shit. Like, why, why are you even, and then I, I just. You know what's, when I saw that he made a comment about having abs, I assumed, I'm like, oh, they must be boys, and he's just having fun with them. I don't think they like each other. Because remember, no. because Kep, Kepka might have been a PGA Championship, or one of the term, one of the majors this year, they played together, I think on a, Saturday, they might have played together on a Thursday and Friday, and that's where Kepka lost it. He's like, I, these fucking guys are taking seven hours. Like, this is ridiculous. We need to start penalizing guys. I don't know. They ain't going to penalize themselves. Remember, right, he kind of right, talked right. some shit. Yes. And no, then, you're right. And then Bryson was like, well, the rules are the rules. I'm okay with getting penalized. Like, you can tell Kepka's just like, hurry the fuck up. Remember, Kepka was like, I'm taking practice swings. I'm 20 yards ahead of him. And the guy's picking grass, checking the wind. Like, what the fuck are you guys doing back there? And he was mainly talking about him. So I think he just hates him. Like, him specifically. Just thinks he's kind of a clown. And part of it is Kepka's. I'm watching him last night. Like, Kepka's just randomly shooting six under. Are you, are you going to tell me, Brooks, you haven't been practicing? I don't even. You clearly have. Well, you know, but see, I, I assume when I heard the story, I thought, like, it was at the press conference. Kind of. It was. I don't even think Bryce is there. John, it was recorded. He was like playing video games, and you know he like his box is in the screen, and he's just like talking to whoever on like Twitch, and like the screen got recorded. Now I don't know if it was like some like promotional big time, or if it was just like me playing somewhere against him from you know in like in my home recording the screen. 
I, 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 PGA, I love the PGA Tour. Now, I know that a lot of people aren't super locked in like me. I do think if they can get some more of like someone, they need a, another famous guy to be like, Patrick Reed is a cheater or something like that. And guys have already kind of gotten close. Right. Like there have been a couple guys that are like, yeah, that was well, kind of Who's either like Chris DeMarco? Did he talk some shit? Somebody said something about, it might have well, been him. I mean, guy, he legitimately moved all the sand behind the shit me and you would do for fucking around. That was... And everyone was like, bro, this is the Hero Championship. There's a camera right behind you, you dumbass. And, and part of it, what makes Reed great is like, I don't think he gives a shit. But he kind of does. But he kind of does. It's weird. But I, I need more Patrick Reeds. And I need more Kepka. The one thing that's good about Kepka, if you talk a little shit, he'll come flying back. You know, where a lot of guys like are just... I'm trying to think of a guy. Like, I don't think if you like talk shit about Tommy Fleetwood, I don't think he's going to like come back with some haymaker. You know, a lot of guys, and right, most athletes right. won't. Most athletes will just kind of do the PC thing, just try to move on. Where Kepka is kind of polarizing. Not that most people, the average sports fan might not even know. I guess maybe know who Bryson is because he's the weirdo with the one-shaped club and the the analytical guy. But I the love hat. Yeah. I, we, we need a good, like, if you're Augusta wouldn't do this, but if you're like the U.S. Open or Harding Park, you pair these guys together on Thursday and Friday, right? Right. Right. <laughs> Who do you put as the third guy? You throw like Phil in there or you just throw in like Reed? Or is that wasting too many of your bullets in one pairing? Uh, God, be- that would be inc- <laughs> I, I To me, you just go all in on one group. So you go, would you go? Just make I, it combustible. Just would as you many go chemicals. Reed, would you go Reed, Brooks, DeChambeau? You like that? Yeah. Or you go, you go somebody that you know will set Brooks off. Well, like it's, Sergio? It, 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 no, it's Patrick Cantley because he's the slowest guy on tour. He's notoriously the, even way slower than Bryson. He's the slowest one. Well, I want Bryson to be – I don't want that. I want – Bryson needs to be the slowest because Brooks' anger – they need to be angry at each other. Yeah, because Bryson will say something back. Because I, I, I do appreciate this about Bryson. He doesn't have much of a filter either. Like, he'll just kind of talk. Maybe that the Fresno in him. But, yeah, it's the PGA Tour talk for the day. All right, on that note, see ya. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.